Okay. All right. So uh, tonight we are. Uh, it's going to be the first of like eight lessons uh, where we are going to go through this series called Soul Shift. Okay. So a little tonight is just kind of a background about Soul Shift. Soul Shift is like the opposite of bodily shift or actions shift. It's it's a a journey that we're going to take together where we're going to look into scriptures and find out how can we change. Yeah? I mean, you talk about like change, like uh, New Year's resolutions, right? People are like, yeah, New Year, I want to change. I want to be, you know, I want to look more like Parker, you know? Uh, you know, I want to, you know, lose weight. I want to gain weight. I want to get taller. I want to get smarter. I want to learn a new language. Anytime that we're talking about change, a lot of the world um, evaluates change from the outside first, right? So if you're changing, like you're going to see results, but how do we actually get to those results uh, for those of us who aren't super disciplined to get those results, okay? Unless we're completely motivated, yeah, in a, in a healthy way or unhealthy way, we may not get the change that we want. So tonight, I want to talk about what is the biblical journey that we take to bring change in our lives. So rather than a, or in order to get a bodily change, yeah, so a physical demonstration of us changing, like our habits or our thoughts or our actions, uh, we can't just look from the outside first. We've got to go from the inside. So hence our title is Jesus, help us to shift our souls. Like the thing that we are past our physical, Jesus, we need help changing those things. So we have, uh, I think, seven or eight different lessons. Our first one uh, starting next week is me to you. Uh, slave to child, seen to unseen, consumer to steward, asked to listen, sheep to shepherd, and me to we. You guys got those? So you don't have to write those down now. That's what we're going to talk about in, in the weeks ahead. Tonight is just kind of an opening to this journey about God. How do we change biblically? Okay. So really it's asking God, God, change me from the inside out. And what is our insides made of? Well, it's pretty much our, our souls, okay? All right, so, so the question that we have to ask is, we're talking about soul shifting, we should ask, what is our soul, right? Because somebody of us could articulate right now, like, what is your soul? Anybody? Not many of us, right? You think, like, uh, it's so much a part of Scripture, and yet... Many of us have a hard time articulating what our soul is. Amen? I mean, our camp verse, right? The, the verse that we get our teams from. You know, mana puvai, uhane, naao. Amen? Yeah, guys, you just puvai. Who won this last year? Puvai. Okay. Was that a three-peat? Oh, we're going to have to rig the teams next year. Uh, Parker, you're going to have to come back. We'll... Defend that, defend that trophy. Anyway, so we get that verse from Matthew chapter 11, yeah, uh, or Matthew chapter 22, where it says, God said, we should love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. 
Really, we want to love God with all that we are. So one of the four things that God asks us to love him with is our souls. So we should probably understand or try to at least discuss what, what a soul is. And, and scripture isn't, it doesn't have like a clear definition of what your soul is, but it does talk about, and Jesus talks about our soul quite a bit. Okay? So a couple of things, yeah? So when we're talking about our soul, and those who are taking notes, you guys can write this down. Um, soul is the part of a person that is not the physical. Okay? Like when Jesus said, I'm going to come back to save your souls, he wasn't talking just about your physical being. But at the same time, what we do on our physical has this connectedness to our inward parts. Amen? Like the outside and the inside all kind of connected. But tonight we just want to talk about what the inside is. So our soul is, is kind of like your mind, kind of like your will. It's, it's everything that isn't your physical. And more importantly, it's the thing that will continue through eternity. Like, why is our discussion about soul shifting pertinent and, like, applicable to our lives right now? Because it is our soul that Jesus is saving. It is our soul that Jesus is redeeming. Amen? We good? Come on, come on, come on. We good? Okay? So we understand that when this life ends, our physical bodies are no longer, but what continues is our, our souls, okay? Um, which is kind of weird a little bit, okay? All right, so a couple of scriptures as we, we jump into this. So before we get to scriptures, uh, uh, one thought. How many of us here love the Lord? Raise your hand, raise your hand, show of hands, love the Lord, okay? For the most part, I know all of you, and, and I would say that you guys would all love the Lord, Okay, how many of you guys love the Lord like a lot? Like, yeah. Okay, good. All of your hands are still up. Awesome. Um, how many of you pretty much know what God wants from us? Like, like right and wrong in God's eyes. Okay, we all love God. Many of us understand what right and wrong is, right? In God's eyes, like cursing, stealing, lying, cheating, you know, sexual immorality, all those things, wrong. Amen? Agree? Shaka? Okay, good. All wrong. We understand that God wants us to be patient, loving, kind, forgiving, yeah, merciful, gracious. Amen? Okay? All right. How many of us in here, so we all agree that we love God and we understand what God requires of us and what uh, he wants us to do and not to do. And yet, how many of us, uh, how many of us in here still fail to resist temptation when it knocks at our door? Show of hands, show of hands. Okay. So this question for us, yeah, or this journey that we're going to take is really applicable to every one of our lives. Because although we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, a lot of us struggle to fulfill that in our daily walk. We sin, but we love the Lord. And, and what we want to journey together in on, on Mondays and, and, and in some of the discussions groups that we have throughout the week is, is how do I get my outside to match up with my redeemed inside? You guys get that? Because we love God first inside, right? Like when we first come to know God, 
God comes to us and he visits us like in our, with our intellect. Yeah, like he, he shows himself to us. He speaks to us as weird as that sounds some, somehow, right? But God like communicates to us. Like we don't, some of us, you know, unless you're special, many of us don't hear an audible voice, but many of us like we get the message. Like when God comes and says, hey, I love you for the first time, all of us get it. Like, God, we don't see you right now, but we understand that you really love us. So God comes to us like, and he speaks to our inner being, our inner self. Yeah? And really, he's wanting to redeem our souls. Okay? So the journey we're going to take is for all of us who love the Lord, and yet just our lifestyles just don't match up. Yeah? How many of us in here have been struggling with the same type of sin, same type of temptation for most of your life? Anybody? Okay, I would think most of us are there unless you're like, got it really bad and you have new temptations every day. Okay? We will pray for you tonight. Okay? But for most of us, I think it's the same things that draw our hearts and draw our minds away from God, away from loved ones, and to the same type of like desires, yeah? And so in order to change that, those habits, we cannot just change the outside first. We got to change the inside. Um, our souls need shifting. Our souls need Jesus. Amen? Okay. Um, before we can look like Jesus on the outside, we need to have Jesus do his work on the inside. You guys are good. Good job, Mariah. Shaka. You guys, you guys got that? Before we can look like Jesus on the outside, we need Jesus to do his miraculous work on our inside. And when we're talking about Jesus doing a mighty work on our inside, we're talking about the work that he does in our souls. Okay? You guys following me on where we're headed? All right. Um, let's pray, and then we'll get into scriptures that kind of open up. I think it'll be clear for you guys what the soul is and what the soul isn't as we read in scripture, um, because I don't think there's that much uh, or that many that much, many, information out there in the world that talks about our souls, yeah? So praise God that we get to go to the scriptures and the scriptures open up to us uh, what our soul is really about. Can we pray? Okay, let's bow our heads. Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. Uh, thanks for being the uh, author and perfecter of our faith, God. And we pray that you would teach us tonight just... Uh, uh, your desire for us and teach us tonight, God, about this thing called the soul, which we have said before and we know the scriptures for and we have teams named uh, uh, after, you know, that soul. Um, well, teach us, God, more about the soul tonight um, than we knew before we came in here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Okay, so uh, a couple of scriptures. Um, so First Peter chapter 2, verse 25 uh, you guys don't have to turn there, but write it down if you're taking notes. Uh, it says that Jesus is the guardian of our souls, which is kind of cool, okay? So we kind of know that the soul isn't the body, and it's more than the physical, and really the soul is so important that Jesus guards our souls. Where do you think he's guarding our souls from? For heaven and from hell, right? Right? If our souls continue, um, our souls are going to 
end up either way, right? Um, what is that first? Uh, shoot. Uh, Matthew 10, 28. Uh, we can turn there. Uh, I think many of you guys have heard this before. Um, Jesus is speaking, and he says, uh, Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Dun, dun, dun. That's a heavy verse, yeah? That's a heavy verse. Like, Jesus is saying, don't fear people here, because people here can destroy your body, but fear him who can do more than just destroy your body. He can also destroy your soul, okay? I mean, it's that whole, uh, I was watching, anybody uh, watch that TV series, The Vice? It's like these guys who do these documentaries on different things that are happening in the world. Anyway, so I was watching this one documentary about euthanasia. Not youth in Asia, euthanasia. You guys get that? He's like, youth in Asia, I let go, unashamed. Again, pastor, we go. No, 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 not youth in Asia, euthanasia. Okay, you guys got that? So, <laughs> so you guys are like, wait, is that, the, is that different? I'm confused. Okay, so uh, euthanasia rather than youth in Asia, okay, is these... Uh, uh, is the practice of like doctor-assisted suicides where people have uh, been given the right to choose how they die. So I was watching this one documentary on HBO and uh, it's, it's real, okay, like a real reporter. And so they, uh, they talk about, they go, so they go to Europe because Europe, like euthanasia has been, has been passed for a long time and they start interviewing people about what they feel, they like it, dislike it, what they think about it, like, the fact that people get to choose how they're going to die. I mean, it's, it's kind of like suicide. It's like legalized doctor-assisted suicide, okay? So um, anyway, so they start by interviewing this one lady who was thinking about it. By the end of this 30-minute documentary, they show this lady getting euthanized. Like she's in a room with the clothes that she wants to wear, with the people that she wants to die next to, choosing how she wants to go. And the stipulation within uh, that country was that you, you got to be able to prove like a good reason. And for her, she got diagnosed with this like incurable disease. But at the time, the disease hadn't set in yet and she's perfectly healthy. She's perfectly healthy. Like, she has no, like, if you just saw her, you would think that she's just a normal person. She had no signs of this disease in her life. Like, she could talk with you. She was articulate. All her mind was there. She was physically, like, able to do all the things that we do. But just the fear of what this disease would leave you at. She's like, I don't want to go that way. I want to choose how I go. So it just blew my mind. So in this room with the doctor and with her loved ones wearing the clothes that she wants, they inject her with this like sleeping serum where it knocks her out. The next thing is they inject her with like this other serum that kills her. And right before my eyes, she's dead. And I'm just, what? Like my dad and I were just sitting down and we we're just watching HBO. It was like in the afternoon and I was like, Oh, what just happened? And instantly, I get this like, 
cringe in my spirit. Like God gives me this vision, like one moment she's here in the temporal and then she closes her eyes, she dies in the physical and then her soul eyes wake up in the eternal, gets to see God in his glory and then is absolutely shocked out of her mind that it was all true and that she's now damned for hell. I'm sitting down in an afternoon with my dad, just like shocked, like in fear that what if this lady went from like the temporal, the earthly, the physical to the eternal, everlasting, and then she's like, oh my God, this is all real. What did I just do? What we're talking about tonight is is how do we avoid those kind of decisions you know where we really value our eternal life in heaven and we understand that that heavenly decision is connected to what's happening here amen jesus is the guardian of our souls he desires to spend eternity with us in heaven how shaka is that and how do we know he's the guardian of our souls He went to the cross, you know? Like how committed is God to our souls? How committed is Jesus to the fact that we get to live forever? So committed that God would send his son, so committed that his son would be obedient to the father that would endure the cross and the shame and death and raise three days later. Amen? Committed. Amen? Here's uh, three verses for you. So let's go to James 1, uh, 21. Okay, so James 1.21. Hey, we got to get some Bible flipping around here. Like, if you guys come all the time, you need to bring your Bible and a notebook. I'm just saying. It is not good enough for you just to come and listen because more than half of you guys probably forget even what the series is titled. Like, what? Me shift? Shift gears? What? You guys got to go up tonight and ask your parents, be like, what are you talking about? Uh, youth in Asia? I don't know. Something like that. Hey, bring your guys' notebooks. Amen? If you guys don't have a notebook, I have one in my office downstairs right now. Grab one after. Yeah? You need a Bible? I got a Bible for you too. I got 10 Bibles. Choose one. Okay? But bring a Bible. There's pens in front of you. Okay? A lot of you guys write on your hands. Write on it now. This is good. Okay? James 1, 21. James, a brother of Jesus, says, Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, which is, I just, I got to put that stuff away. Okay? Right? Right? All right, that wasn't, that wasn't good by any means. If you guys are like, that was funny. It still was evil funny, which doesn't make it acceptable, okay? All right. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rapid wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your, what? Souls. Amen? Okay, here's another verse for you. James 5.20. So just stay in the same, uh, same book. Turn the page. So I'll go from 19. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. How many of us have been praying for, last week we talked about um, someone who's not here that will end up being here because of your lives? 
you know, last week we talked about somebody who, like, doesn't know the Lord yet, that we're praying that they're going to come to know the Lord because of your lives. How many of you guys have been praying for them? I know some of you guys texted me, like, hey, pray for my friend. I'm praying for her. Shaka. Yeah, if you guys want me or some of our leaders to partner with you in prayer, keep on sending them to us. And those are people who don't know the Lord. This verse is talking about somebody who does know the Lord, who wanders away from the Lord and is immersed in their sins. If we can bring that person back, yeah, we'll be able to save their what? Their souls, amen? Bring them back so that they can save, we can save their souls. And in 1 Peter 1.9, so 1 Peter, just turn the page one more. We talked, we, we, last week we were talking about uh, 1 Peter. Good message last week, yeah? We are who? What are we? Yeah, we're priests, amen? You guys remember that message from last week? That regardless of what we do in this world, God calls us to be priests. And what did priests do? Priests stood in the gap between God and man and assisted man to get closer to God. Amen? So God took those priests away, gave us Jesus as the royal priest, and Jesus gives that role to us where we can assist people as one of our main, if not the most important role of us as believers to get people to heaven by being priests, Jesus says, and he gives it to First Peter um, in chapter 1, verse 9. Let's start from 6. I think we have these, these verses up. Um, so on the screen, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold, um, uh, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may fa- uh, be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Um, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of our souls. Okay? We know that the soul is different than the mind. How do we know that? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So it's, it's not only our minds, it's more than that, okay? It's in our physical, but more than the physical. Uh, George, uh, is this where, George McDonald said, uh, you don't have a soul, you are a soul that has a body. Um, Matthew eleven twenty nine. I mean, you can read that, that whole section, Matthew, I think it's 26 through 30. But one verse in particular, that Jesus invites us to come to him because in our times of intimacy with Jesus, we can find rest more than the physical. We can find rest for our souls. When you are stressed when you have anxiety, we all understand that we feel that physically, but it isn't just a physical thing. Uh, for myself as a pastor, there's a lot of things that I come across at different times. Like you guys look at here, there's times where we have a lot more people, right? Like it kind of grieves my spirit sometimes. When I show up on a Monday or on a Sunday or different youth or even from camp year to year and I, and I don't see some of the same kids there, you know? And I'm like, dang it. That grieves not just my physical. That grieves like my soul, you know. 
like my spirit. And into our souls is where we want Jesus to be. So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you can find rest for your souls there. Good? How many of us need some rest on the inside? Amen.